Welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. It is Thursday, August 31st. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Field Jates, Stefania Bell, and our good friend, Zeus. Yeah, baby. Who is hanging out right down here. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save Zeus. Do you want to come up here and hang out with us, baby? Zeus. We've got a service dog in the studio today. It is my favorite day of the podcast. Yeah, we are off to a roaring start here. Let's go. Zeus is such a good boy. Oh, Zeus Zeus. has had... Zeus is like, I'm cool. (laughs) Bye, Zeus. She's done. Zeus just wanted to make his uh, stage debut. Focus debut right there. uh, Love it. What a handsome boy Zeus is. What a good boy. Shout out to all the working puppers out there. Yeah, amazing. I know. I walked in. I mean, it was a great start to the morning seeing Zeus, who is a lovely service dog for one of our studio operations uh, people here at ESPN. And uh, Zeus is welcome back anytime he wants. Based off of that tenure right there, it seems like he's probably good. But there are treats outside the studio. So Zeus is on to greener pastures. That's so good. Anytime you get to come into work and you get to see a pupper there, it always makes your day just a little bit better. Right, Stefania? So good. So So good. good. All right, we got a lot of stuff we are going to talk about. We're in the throes of draft season. You guys are probably getting ready. If not, having already done a few of your drafts, you will have some coming up very quickly. We are going to get you ready for all of that, going through a mock draft that we did yesterday for ESPN Fantasy. We also got a little bit of news that we're going to dive into. First and foremost, though, check out our friends over at Trophy Smack if you have not drafted yet. Okay. Go check out one of their draft boards, trophysmack.com. You get two-day shipping to make sure it will get there in time. You also get 20% off with the discount code FOCUSDRAFT. Or you can get one of these belts or a turnover chain that I have right here over my shoulder you can see. Check one of those guys out as well. You can get 10% off with the code FOCUSBELT. Stefania, do you have any uh, really big fantasy trophies at home from any of your past winnings? Don't you have Louboutins at home? <laughs> Don't no, you play I in a league with Louboutins as the prize? I was going to say, picks out the league that I, I knew haven't this. won. Sorry, yet. okay, yeah. whatever. I'm still very yeah. aggravated that I have not won the You're a big IBM trophy, I remember when you I do. Me. It's tall. It's like, it's like three quarters my size. That was yeah. the inaugural year of the league, and I won. Uh, no big deal. You guys played, and I beat you. No, gotcha. Wow. wow. Okay. Wow. No big deal. Yeah, that All is right. a big deal. Uh, we have, yeah. So we've got uh, people deserve, like I, I am in for the most obnoxious of trophies in fantasy football. I, so I was with a, a buddy of mine, my neighbor last night, we were having dinner for Chapin's birthday. A uh, great time. Celebrating Chapin is a worthwhile endeavor every year. Um, and he was telling me that like of their league dues, he was like, yeah, we actually have like more significant league dues than most leagues that you hear of in part because we allocate every year, a third of the dues to go to an extremely obnoxious trophy. He's like, it's the freaking Stanley cup of fantasy football. This thing is a monstrosity. I love it's that. like the winner who loses, who, the person who wins the league is happy about winning the league, but disappointed about the wrath they're going to face from their significant <laughs> other who was like, get that gar- gargantuan trophy out of the house right now. We don't have room for that. Is, is it, it a traveling is it trophy? Like or the is Stanley it, cup? And it would, is it etched? It, is it engraved? Do yeah. We drink well, out of him it? and I oh. did drink some Miller lights out of it last year. Oh. Celebrate Celebration oh, like for that. his victory. I uh, like no, I, I I don't think it goes. I don't think it traveled. I think it's just an oversized trophy that for some reason or another, they continue to invest in year over year over year. See, I think the traveling trophy is where it's at because then you're the significant others in your league don't have to just stare at this trophy that they don't care about for the next 20 years of their well, lives. What if like, you have an iconic point? run? What if you just keep winning? You I know guess what? you would, right? You're right, Field. I guess yeah. I just need to win. I need to win more often, yeah. I think, is what that statement just told me. Yeah. All right, let's dive into the news. We had a little bit of news coming We got out. a lot of news this morning. Well, we Two pieces had a lot of news, of news this morning. Literally in the past couple minutes. Let's so. start with a smaller piece of news, if you guys don't mind doing this. Is that okay? 
Uh, I don't know. I heard rumors. Jeff, uh, not rumors. I heard Jeff Wilson Jr. placed no. on IR, going to miss the first four weeks. No, that might of be the, the bigger season. news as far as fantasy purposes are concerned. That's going to yeah. open up some potential opportunity for Devon A. Chain and Raheem Mostert field. And I don't want to like necessarily put these two together, but is this part of maybe why the Dolphins were looking at Jonathan Taylor, or does that feel like we're projecting too much there? Let's remind people that because we are past the 53-man roster cutdown, Jeff Wilson Jr. going on injured reserve does not mean he's out for the year. It means that he is out for a minimum of four games. Teams can place as many players as they want on short-term IR. This was part of the amended IR rules a couple of years ago. So okay. you're going to see a lot of this. Jalen Ramsey placed on IR for the Dolphins. They had three or four players, I believe, placed on IR this morning. But for Jeff Wilson Jr., it means he's out for a minimum of four games. Truthfully, and I, might, I may just have not been keeping up on Dolphins news closely enough recently, I didn't even realize he was dealing with something significant. I said it undisclosed when I looked this morning. Yeah, Stephanie. and I, I think uh, I knew that he had something going on, but I don't think we knew the extent of it. Okay. And uh, maybe the folks in town had an idea he'd get placed on there. But it's like you said, I mean, they all have to be on the roster. And then also teams at this point are judicious in terms of how they use it, right? Mm. Because I think there's eight max that you can designate for return across. Is it eight? I thought it was unlimited now. Uh, I don't know. I think. Post-COVID, it changed from like two to four to something. Uh, I was having a conversation with someone this morning, but if it's eight or unlimited, you know it's okay. at least eight. Right? It's a lot, so, yes. But the point is that they uh, they still have to um, think about how they're going to use the IR slots. It's going to be permanent. It's somebody that they're going to return. So if there's a cap on it, they're obviously making those selections. You know, somebody who might come back in a week or two, they're not going to use that spot right, necessarily, but somebody who's going to be out for at least four games, they might be able to then bring in somebody else uh, or use that roster spot in another position entirely. So let's talk about this a little bit more then. Let's vet this out a little bit further. We know the Dolphins did sniff around on Jonathan Taylor. Their GM, Chris Greer, acknowledged as much yesterday. They yep. were looking into Dalvin Cook when he was still a free agent. And I wondered at the time, was that more because Dalvin Cook might have considered taking a discount to go play in his home for his hometown team? Or was that because Miami thought they really needed running back depth. I don't know at the time if Miami realized how significant this Jeff Wilson Jr. injury was, but I do think they've been reminded that both Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. have had trouble staying on the field in their yep. career, right? Yep. And that's a lot of running backs fit into that category, but these are two that have missed good chunks of time in recent seasons. So they can't just go in with these two running backs alone. Given the injury history you talk about with Raheem Mostert, they've got to have somebody else they're looking well, at. Right? But, but I will say this though, is that they, they, they must have a decent amount of confidence in Devon a chain because they cut miles Gaskin a couple of days say. ago. So uh, if they were super concerned about their running back depth behind Raheem Mostert, they, I don't, I don't think they would have cut miles, miles Gaskin. Gaskin. Uh, so this now brings us to a two-man backfield out of the gates. Uh, as the Dolphins will most likely lean on Raheem Mostert. Yeah, Savon Ahmed is the third man up in this backfield. But I think for our purposes, it yeah. becomes a Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain conversation. And for the first four weeks of the season, and maybe longer until Jeff Wilson Jr. is back, I think... Raheem Mostert's going to have top 25 to 30 running back value, and Devon A-Chain might not be that far behind. Both of these guys can freaking fly. They are very different in terms of size. Mm -hmm. Raheem Mostert's a bigger back. Devon A-Chain is a pint-sized back, but if these guys were splitting, uh, if Devon A-Chain was a third man in behind both Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert, I've been describing him all summer as nothing more than a late-round lottery ticket. 
Now, all of a sudden, if you still haven't drafted, you've got some legitimate value in Raheem Mostert, a more reasonable lottery ticket on Devon A-Chain, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins have this look more like a 60-40 split between these two players as opposed to maybe Devon A-Chain playing 10 or 15% of the snaps prior to the injury to Jeff Wilson Jr. Here's what I saw when I was down there. A lot of Devon A. Chain. Like he, he was running, uh, he was getting a lot of repetitions to the point where I definitely thought they're not holding out on oh. waiting to integrate him into the offense. He, uh, he yeah. been, you know, scored a nice uh, touchdown. I think it was, uh, you know, on a pass, if I recall correctly, when they were having the joint practice with the Falcons. But you definitely saw that they were involving him quite a bit. So mm. uh, maybe this forces them to consider using him a little bit more initially than they thought, but I know they liked what they saw. Yeah. I've, this is a situation really interesting to monitor field. We are talking about Raheem Mostert becoming a pop, potential top 25 or 30 running back for the first four weeks of the season. Yeah. And, and if you haven't done your draft, you got to adjust your strategy accordingly. I was going to say that doesn't affect how we're looking at him right now in draft. So no, it does an, an extra four weeks. How would you change where you've got Raheem Mostert? Does he, does oh, he definitely fall into that? Up. Definitely. Top 30. Close. Yeah. I mean, I would say right around 27, 28, 29, Somewhere 30 in that, in that, that range, range, because minimum of four weeks does not mean that Jeff Wilson years out for four weeks. Right. And it's at least four weeks. If he's out for half the is. season, we so, don't even know what it is. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a chance that Raheem Mostert is the lead back for this Dolphins offense for, for a while. half a season this yeah. year. And that was kind of how it was at for stretches of last year, right before the Jeff Wilson Jr. trade. Now, We'll remind people that this Miami offense is never going to lean all the way in on one running back, which is why when we're talking about a guy who is going to be the starter in Raheem Mostert, I'm not saying, hey, he's a top 15 play in an awesome offense, right? They're still going to have a committee approach here, but uh, for all summer, I kept feeling this is one of the great trap backfields because Jeff Wilson Jr. is good, Raheem Mostert's good, and Devon Achain is also good, Mm -hmm. even if he is young and doesn't have any experience as of yet for us to know exactly what kind of player he's going to be in this Dolphins offense, it's just been narrowed by one third. So for the first month, if you have Raheem Mostert already on your roster, if you're using a 10th round pick on Raheem Mostert, you may have your second or third running back for the first month, if not more of the season. If the Dolphins were really that worried about a running back, like you said, field, all they needed to do was send Jalen Waddle, <laughs> the entire Levitard crew. Yeah. Jimmy Butler, yeah, and at least a few other things from Miami, yeah, in order to get Jonathan Taylor back from the Indianapolis Colts. I heard this report, and just to quickly move ahead, like I heard this report, this felt like a fantasy trade that I would be livid to receive. It's like somebody was going out and deciding, just to make sure, in case nobody saw this, apparently it came out. Part of what the Colts were asking for from the Miami Dolphins in a trade for Jonathan Taylor was Jalen Waddle as well as a couple of extra pieces. I'm going to defend the Colts here. Go ahead, because it seems crazy to me. Because what are you going to do? It's Jonathan Taylor. You're going to ask for the moon. I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're You're not going to go out and publicly tank his value before you try and trade him. Okay, the GM and the owner need to be separated here. We keep saying this on the show. Chris Ballard has done nothing wrong here. No, I agree with you. So when Chris Ballard's trying to negotiate a trade... Of course, you're going to ask for the moon at the beginning of it and do something that's completely outlandish because you know what? That's how negotiations work. That's whether you're trying to buy a house, whether you're trying to negotiate a contract, whether you're trying to negotiate a trade, you always, when you're the buyer, you try to buy low. When you're the seller, you try to sell high. So I, it was funny. It was a great, it was like a great Twitter moment, but come on. I mean, the, the, the Colts knew they weren't getting Jalen Waddle. But, but that's what I, 
that's what I think. Is this the point you're trying to make? Is that they're basically saying we're not we're we're saying we're open for business, but we're not really. They were never open for business unless they were going to be able to fleece somebody. How many times have you gotten a, a trade request in a fantasy league where it's like, I want your three <laughs> best players, and here's like six of my bench guys for them. Trust me, it'll work out. Like that's what this trade request <laughs> felt like. Was one of those fantasy moments. Matthew, like you can't say Matthew, that. Matthew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't tell me that you want to go. And I I get everything you're saying. This is not about Chris Ballard, but like. The team went out and publicly tanked his value, being like, "Nope, we're no, not." The team with- did not do this. You're right. The owner, you have to Jim Ursay. You have to be able to this. compartmentalize between right. Jim Ursay's ridiculous antics well, and everything that's team. happened he since then. The no, team. he's not the team. He is the owner who is completely out of touch with reality. Well, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that put him in a really tough situation. So, anyways, seems like we're still here. Yeah. I thought it was funny yesterday, but uh, that is what it is. All right, we have more news though. Keep going. Adam Schefter has reported that uh, TJ Hawkinson is finalizing a deal with the Vikings to become one of the highest paid tight ends ever. Didn't you say this was going to happen? I had it for Saturday next week, but uh, we're a little (laughs) bit ahead of the curve. I'm only mentioning this just because there are a few guys that are in contract situations right now that if the deal is not done, the threat of that player not being available to start the season is on the table. Hawkinson has been dealing with an ear infection I saw that. and a back, back soreness stiffness. issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am told that uh, TJ Hawkinson uh, is now more clear minded than ever. And his back is completely fine. He is limber. <laughs> he is like a gymnast out there. I got to figure TJ Hawkinson will be 105% today. Health wise. Uh, was it Kevin O'Connell said he, he believes he'll be ready for week one. Yeah. yeah. I believe he that believes. as well. Yes. Kevin. yes. 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 Uh, so <laughs> I just want to mention that like no hesitation in drafting Hawkinson. Not that, that we had really gotten scared about it, but uh, there are a couple that will continue to monitor. Actually, his teammate, Justin Jefferson, is the one that will be really monitoring because, of course, he's the face of fantasy football and there is no new, no new deal yet for Justin Jefferson. All right. We're going to dive into a mock draft that we did. Let's go, yesterday, baby. Mock draft days. time. Let's go. Yep. As a part of this draft, we need to lay down some rules. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stefania and I were not a part of this draft, which means that we just get to talk about why everybody made ridiculous picks. What were they thinking, Stefania? How could they be so ridiculous? That's what you and I get to do today. Field was a part of this draft, so he's going to try and defend himself for some of the picks that he had. But we've been talking about so many players throughout the month of August. We've given you so many guys that we like. We want to put it in the context hey, um. of the draft season. Because like that's what we're doing. That's what you're about to head into is your own draft. So, my computer's not cooperating. Oh, Stefania's computer's not cooperating. All right, what's new? That's all right, Princeton. Pages open. I know. So just understand if I'm hesitating, it's because I'm trying to. I have a lot of information going on here. Trying to get all organized. This was a 12 team. Yep. 12 team mock draft. Mock draft. PPR for PPR scoring. I had the uh, seventh pick. Excuse me. The sixth pick in this draft. My apologies. I'm still struggling with that math thing. So uh, sixth pick in the draft for me. It was a bunch of fellow ESPNers, the likes of which you're familiar with. Matt Bowen, Eric Moody, Liz Loza, Joe Kaiser, Tristan Cockcroft, Tyler Fulgham. The list goes on and on and on. Pulse was in it as well. So a lot of fun here doing this 12 team PPR mock draft yesterday. All right. Here's how the first round played out. You're going to notice a theme here. Justin Jefferson off the board at one, Jamar Chase at two, Tyreek Hill at three, Christian McCaffrey at four, Austin Eckler at five. None of that seems crazy up until this point. Field, you're on the board at six. You ended up going with Travis Kelsey, which is where he's been coming off the board. Yeah, I've found myself landing in this spot recently quite a bit with Travis Kelsey in the middle of the first round. But up to this point, absolutely nothing surprised me. I suppose there's a bit of a surprise that Tyreek Hill went ahead of Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. But 
again, we, we are nitpicking in the highest form right now when you're talking about whether a guy who led the NFL uh, for much of the year last year in terms of receiving yards does or does not belong in the top three in fantasy. But I was debating between Travis Kelsey and also Cooper Cup because yep. Cooper Cup, I still feel like it's just this unbelievable value if he goes somewhere in the back half of the first round of fantasy drafts. I know there are some concerns about this Rams team being so bad, but I was looking ahead to week one rankings and week one projections and it's like for all this talk about cooper cup sliding a little bit in 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 drafts mike's projections have cooper cup as wide receiver one for week one like i think until further notice there's going to be a pretty darn good chance that cooper cup continues to be a top two or three receiver every single week in our rankings and if he's going as wide receiver five off the board pretty darn good value but i went with travis kelsey frankly because i can't quit travis kelsey and there's nothing wrong with starting your draft with travis kelsey i don't have to worry about my tight end for the rest of the draft that part is true you lock it up and just move on to all the other value positions all right look at number seven pick seven here derrick henry number eight derrick henry before cooper cup was a little bit interesting to me derrick henry at seven cooper cup at eight Devontae <laughs> adams at nine Bijan comes off at 10 stefan Diggs at 11 and then nick chubb at 12 the one thing i want to say you look at the top 11 picks mm. other than nick henry or nick henry derrick henry yeah basically everybody is a supreme and elite pass catcher okay right we're talking about this is why it's okay to go wide receiver in the first round one of the reasons why we have pass catching running backs all the way to the top nick chubb and derrick henry are the two like non-pass catchers in this group even derrick henry started to see more passing game volume last year stefania which gave him more value for us here in fantasy so uh i think one of the things you said it was a little puzzling to you Derrick Henry before Cooper Cup. So rather than just go critique my coworker, which mm. it would be easy to do, you I reached him. out. I said, you why? Oh. I said, why? This is wow. reporting. Yeah, reporting I, yeah. from Joe Kaiser. He said, <laughs> with it being a 12-team league, he wanted to make sure he had at least one strong running back before it came back to him in round two. And he has cooled a bit on Cup with Rams. what the Rams offense looked like last season, Stafford being another year older and Cup coming off of injury. I understand his rationale. I don't fully agree with it because, as you all know, I've been high on Cooper Cup. I, I mean, I, again, if the Rams went went from a Super Bowl offense to all of a sudden being what they are this year, uh, but they're not. They were bad last year. They were bad, and Cooper Cup was, I, I would argue, the volume for him was even more so because he was the one person that Matthew Stafford could rely on. So uh, I think that they'll go right back to that. I'm happy with where Cooper Cup is with his health. But at least now you understand what Joe was thinking when he made that choice. Can we just do one thing? Can we pull up, Dave, the uh, the second half of the first round, the full screen one more time? For those that are listening to the podcast right now, first of all, shout out. Second of all, I need you guys at some point to take like 30 seconds and go back and look at the uh, full screen here because we got to get my man Bijan Robinson a new say, full, yeah. a new headshot. Either Bijan's <laughs> hair is so tall His dreadlocks are too that, high. like they have to like I, I can't quite see make it out. Like is this did he used to have like a flat top back in the day because Bijan's head like kind of gets cut off from like the mouth down. Meanwhile, everybody else, well, no one's really smiling. Maybe Nick Chubb is smiling. Yeah, Nick Chubb does. Smile. You know what? Like, this I'm is Bijan Robinson's rookie initiation. You know how like you know rookies got to carry the pads of veterans out to training camp practice and fantasy football as the rookie you only get two-thirds of your like head headshot. available in your headshot by the way that's nothing that our staff did wrong it's just the headshot that we i think we're leaning on might still be from his college days so uh b john robinson and his full head 10th overall pick good value there let's get to s- round number two gotta save some room for that lettuce field all right round number two <laughs> yeah 
all, the other thing to say really quickly, round number one, nothing else crazy, right? Pretty, pretty straightforward. Round number two starts off with CeeDee Lamb, Garrett Wilson, AJ Brown, three pass catchers right off the top. Comes mm. back with Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and then Amon Ross St. Brown field Yates. Yeah. That comes off the board right before you. A bunch of pass catchers, a couple of nice running backs. So that sets you up for the pick you're going to make here. Yeah. And before we get to that, I'll just say, like, I did think that it was notable that Garrett Wilson's rise continues, goes ahead of AJ Brown here. It's a justifiable selection. I made this comment on Twitter and these days on Twitter, everything is, uh, is, is dissected and most people have strong opinions on it, even if it's like a fairly lukewarm take. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that preseason game, I mean this sincerely, Garrett Wilson catches a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. It has some like Devonte Adams like feel to it. I think he's going to go earlier in drafts simply because of what we saw in that one preseason game, because what people do is it's the only time that Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson played in the preseason. They're like, could this be a thing? Holy yeah, cow. I know. We Could talked about that it, yesterday. Right? Like, that, that was the only time Aaron Rodgers played, and it was on Hard Knocks. Yeah. So it's there for the masses yeah, to see and watch over in, and over again. Are, and it was it was kind of a cool catch when he made it. So no, I think I mean, people great are thinking catch. like, this is how it's going to be all the time. And the fans went. Not, there was a lot around it that made it feel like. Yeah. So this I'm here to tell you, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be that Garrett Wilson goes off the board sooner than you realize in the case of this mock draft that was ahead of AJ Brown. All right. And then you come off AJ, excuse me, Amon Ross St. Brown yeah. with the sixth pick of the second round field Yates, and you're on the board here. Yeah. Pick number 19. I take Josh Jacobs, whose current ADP is 19.2. So apparently I am right in line with where the masses have him. And this is my first exposure to Josh Jacobs in a draft this year in the first few rounds, because of course we were fading Josh Jacobs until he had fully returned to the Raiders facility. Uh, Not only is he back, he's back with two weeks before the season begins. Mm -hmm. And he talked yesterday and I thought this was important. I'm usually not like the psychiatrist as it pertains to fantasy football, but he talked about how there's no ill will now, right? Like he's good. And at some point, the various running backs who are in contract situations this off season had to get to a place where mentally there was no more concern about the organization frustration towards the, the organization. And the, the switch had to be flipped to like, rather than just looking out for my long term. I am going to ball out like crazy this year and give them absolutely zero reason to not pay me way more than I got this year next year. Josh Jacobs is in a good space. It doesn't sound like he's the kind of guy who's preparing to like, you know, if he gets a little bit sore, he's going to all of a sudden miss a week or two. Like I think Josh Jacobs mindset right now is the best way for me to get paid is do what I did last year. Again, this season, I was thrilled to get him in the second half of the second round. So the flip side of that for me is that uh, the NFL has made a point of these acclimation periods to football. This is a a big thing because of the preseason injuries. And we've seen a fair number of preseason injuries this year, Uh, many of them soft tissue, and that's usually how it happens. So there is an acclimation period before they introduce pads. When pads are introduced, there is another acclimation period where they are ramping up and getting used to football. My biggest concern for the veterans who are out uh, for this period of time, like Josh Jacobs, mm. is what have they been doing? Not that they haven't been working out, but there's some very specific volume loads, uh, things that they're targeted to do, ways they are getting introduced to football, actually, uh, that prep them for games. If you look, uh, courtesy of Matt, who's helping us out with research today, Josh Jacobs last year, 49.9% of the team's total scrimmage yards last year, highest in the NFL, don't know if the volume even hovers around that. 
And let's just say he's coming in. Let's let's give him 49% mm-hmm. of the team's total scrimmage yards in week one. Coming off of very little practice, it increases his injury exposure. I agree with you, Field. I don't think he's going to sit out voluntarily for like a little tweak. But I almost worry more if he's like, I'm going to go out and ball out and prove myself. Hmm. But he hasn't really been doing So how would you adjust uh, your, your analysis or rankings it, as a result of that? You know, I, I think... Um, it's a, it's a good question because I don't know from a talent side that I drop him and a volume of what I expect side, but the injury risk probably makes me look at some running backs around him and go, I don't know. I might lean towards a Derrick Henry over him. I might lean towards a Nick Chubb over yeah, him. Both those guys way gone. Yep. Yeah. So like here are the running backs that left on the board. Joe Mixon, Jameer Gibbs are the two That's next Jameer guys. Jameer Gibbs, I'm jumping up for You're sure. You're taking Jameer Gibbs over Josh Jacobs yes, this year. I am. Now that's a great board bet. You want to throw a board bet on that one? Really? Yeah, I love. I have. Got, I have totally gone up in my Jameer Gibbs. I wow. love Jameer Gibbs. I'm actually targeting him now because I think the volume, the pass Ooh, catching, baby. the running, the new field in Detroit. I love him. I'm a little worried about Josh Jacobs. Wow. I still love the talent. I love the way they want to use him. Okay. My worry is totally about endurance over the season. Love it. Okay. So how do you want to do this one? You want to just do the same thing as we've been doing before? Points per game, minimum eight games. Minimum eight games. Minimum eight games. That's all we got to do, right? All right. I say Josh Jacobs scores more fantasy points per game than Jameer Gibbs in 2023. I say Jameer Gibbs scores more fantasy points per game than Josh Jacobs in 2023, assuming eight games played. There we go. Put, Put it on, on the board. board. Put it on the board. Wow. That's a great one right there. I'm fired up. Okay. okay that's I, interesting. Here's what I love. Uh, Stefania, it is not just you. I'm going to tell you why. Coming off the board after Josh Jacobs for field, uh, excuse me, for Tyler Fulgham, DK Metcalf, then Jalen Waddell. You had Joe Mixon left in the second round, Chris Olave, and then we finished out with Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs has worked his way all the way up to a second round draft pick right now. The community has so much hype on this kid too, especially because Jamison Williams is going to miss the first six weeks of the season. They've talked about how they need, give me the pass Didn't catchers behind. Talk about Jameer Gibbs finishing potentially to- Oh, cause we were talking about, so where's Tony Pollard in all Tony Pollard's gone. He's gone. He's yeah, already yeah. been, but, but how much sooner, where did he go relative to he I went picks ahead of 17, Josh which I actually thought that was, that was a pretty darn good value. I yeah. thought there for Eric Moody, a pick Agreed. number 17, yeah, but uh, that's about yeah, where I would slot him. Yeah. So uh, the other running backs coming around the board that I was choosing between was Josh Jacobs, or as I mentioned, you could have had Joe Mixon. You could have mm-hmm. had Jameer Gibbs. You could have had somebody like Travis Etienne. You could have had Najee Harris. I felt like there was a pretty oh, yeah. clear divide between Josh Jacobs and the rest. Yep. All right. Talking round three here. Coming off the board first in round three, T. Higgins. Yep. Then Travis Etienne, Devonta Smith. First quarterback comes off the board with Patrick Mahomes at pick 28 overall. Then Debo Samuel at 29. Yeah, yeah. And then you are on the board at 30, Field G8. Yeah, and sometimes, as I mentioned, uh, you just like to do stuff because you haven't done it that often. That's other drafts. drafts are for. Yeah, so I took uh, Jalen Hurts here, 30th overall. I figured that with Mahomes coming off the board, it wouldn't be long before both Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen came off the board as yep. well because I'm picking right in the middle of the round. I had, what, 14 slots I had to worry about before I got to my next pick, 13, 14 slots. So I ended up picking Jalen Hurts and seeing how the roster construction played out, understanding that I did take a tight end in round one. 
means I'm going to have to nail my running back and wide receiver picks. Stay tuned to hear how that goes. But, you know, Jalen Hurts, uh, you can certainly wait on quarterback. There are tremendous values that we've been talking about all summer, and I'll maybe regret not waiting until round seven or round eight to get one of the players that is going around there. Uh, but, you know, Jalen Hurts and Travis Kelsey, I've eliminated two out of my nine starting spots as I th- like, I don't think at all for the entire season other than their bye week Yep. Highest scoring quarterback on a points per game basis last year with Jalen hurts highest scoring tight end by like a million miles last year with uh, Travis Kelsey shaping up as a, a good start for me through three rounds for what it's worth. All of the quarterbacks that came off in this round, we'll get to Josh Allen, all the quarterbacks that came off in this round, crazy value based on what ADP is. Yeah. And I don't want to say value because we've been talking about rounds four through seven. We like it. But if you want to get Patrick Mahomes, he's coming off the board right now, 14th overall. He came off the board 28th in our league. That's not going to, if you want Mahomes, you're going to have to grab him early. I was just going to say, this is a league of experts and these are people who. And field. Experts in field. (laughs) Wow. Stop, Daniel. These are people who normally wait sixth round, seventh round, eight, you know, they're looking for the value in the quarterbacks. Yep. So somebody's finally pulling the trigger in their third round, but sure. that is not most home leagues. Right. Like no, that right, is, right, yeah. You are going to have to go and get one of those three ahead of time. And, and, uh, I think you got a great value. Great value on Jalen Hurts. I'm with you. Wow. I'm with you on that. Love it. I feel better now that we had to argue about Josh Jacobs. All right. Pick seven in the third round was Najee Harris coming off the board. And then Mark Andrews, second tight end third round. That's where the second tight end comes off the board after Travis Kelsey comes yep. six. You got Aaron Jones with the ninth pick, Christian Watson after that, Damian Pierce, and then Josh Allen oh, closes on, it out. On, hold on. Damian Pierce? Christian Watson? Why Christian At Watson? 34th overall? Whoa, baby. Let's talk about that one there for a second. I so, think that's the, some NFC North bias because that came from Matt Bowen. Yeah, but Matt Bowen, Matt Bowen does not do things haphazardly. Matt Bowen is right. one of the smartest, most smart. meticulous people that you'll meet here at ESPN. The guy watches more film in a day than most people watch in their entire life. This right here must, uh, this tells me that Matt Bowen loves Christian Watson. And when Matt Bowen loves a player, makes me love a player that much more. Daniel, are you nervous right now that Christian Watson might score the most fantasy points amongst all wide receivers this season? And you're going to have to deal with the, the the yappers on Twitter telling you, you hated Christian Watson. How yeah. dare you? No, I'm not worried about You're it. You're not worried. I'm okay. not worried about it. What I would think, you tell Matt Bowen if he was here right now? I'd say quit drinking the Mike Clay Kool-Aid. Wow. Matt, like that's, I don't know what to say, yeah. but this is, it's a really interesting one, right? I, I totally, it's early. there yeah. is a, there's a chance well, that I am wrong. There's a chance that Mike's wrong. There, you know, there's a, lo- a huge range of outcomes because what we saw from him was such a small sample size weeks, 10 through 13 fields. You said it yesterday. He had all nine of his touchdowns, weeks 10 through 13. That efficiency is just not going to sustain. We got to see what it's going to look like over an entire season now in his second year. But he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers under center. Now he's got Jordan Love. Another thing that I don't know how to quantify when I'm talking about his value. His ADP is 52 right now. So uh, he's going, that was 14 slots earlier at pick 38 uh, overall for, pick 34 overall for Christian Watson. So 18 picks earlier than where he is going in terms of ADP. I'm going to look at who... Uh, Matt Bowen. So he already has AJ Brown. Okay. And he, are, he has B. John Robinson and AJ mm. Brown. Yeah. So, you know, two thirds of B. John Robinson's head plus AJ yeah. Brown. Plus AJ Brown. All right. Uh, all right. Let's move ahead to round four. Yeah. <clears throat> Calvin Ridley comes off the board first yep. in round four. Then Ramondre Stevenson, mm-hmm. Great Rashad White. Yep. That seems a little higher than I have expected. Kenny, uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? I mean, based off of where we have Rashad White in our rankings for running backs, I it's pretty he, close. Like it just you're seeing because this league will tend to be a little more patient with quarterbacks. 
you're seeing ri- running backs rise up the board just a touch. That's not even what I mean, though. He went ahead of Ken Walker. He went ahead of Brees Hall, two guys who are going around earlier than him based on ADPs. Yeah. I just found that interesting. It's, yeah, that was uh, again, that was Matt Bowen again, Matt right? Matt Bowen. Yeah. So Matt why don't you, you go have a chess. talk right You know what? I'm going to stop talking about <laughs> Matt Bowen's picks. He's, yeah. He might just be smarter than me. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, and then at pick five of the fourth round, Lamar Jackson comes off the board. Pick six, Joe Burrow. We start seeing this second tier of quarterbacks field come off the board here in the fourth round. And we have some important news to find. You know, Joe Burrow back on the practice field yeah. yesterday. I was mostly looking at his long flowing hair when he was throwing it is the ball. It's different. It's, 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 it's hard different, right? He's got, he's got the long hair. The, the, this is the new thing. All these quarterbacks letting their hair grow. Yeah. Uh, it looked it flowing in the breeze as he was throwing. Uh, his teammate, Jamar Chase, gave us a nice Injury update. He is the one who provides them because right now Joe Burrow is not talking to the media. Uh-huh, or any, you know they're uh-huh. kind of protecting him. Um, but basically, he did everything that was asked of him. Doing these drills, um, I think throwing routes on air or something. But they, he wasn't doing a ton. But this was his first day back. Remember, it's been like six weeks, you guys. Six weeks since he hurt his calf. I think it was July twenty seventh when it yeah. happened. So um, it's just the beginning, but it certainly makes it feel like week one is in the conversation yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that it, it you know I, i'm trusting two sources one is like my instincts which mm-hmm. uh, no two three sources one's my instincts which one tells me <laughs> yeah one yes. is, is jamar chase and one zach taylor zach taylor <laughs> continues to say like yeah you know things are moving along he is suggesting that week one is definitely the plan and then jamar chase is like i want to be healthy i don't care when that is I'm like, yeah. dude, that doesn't help me but feel confident. Before right? Jamar Chase said he should stay out five weeks if that's best for him. And right. now he's yeah. like, well, he looks really good. Yeah. And, yeah. But the thing is, Jamar Chase is just so honest and it's so refreshing. I love it. This is a, just a side note to everyone out there. Hiding injury stuff, not talking, not saying, trying to downplay. It doesn't help you. I always go back to Gary Kubiak, who used to be so upfront about injury information, won a Super Bowl. It does not change the world if you are just straightforward about it. But here's what I will say about Zach Taylor. He talked about Joe Burrow. I I was a couple of days ago before he came back to practice and he was like, he looks good walking around. He looks as good as I've ever seen him walking around. Yeah. And I was like, well, that is helpful. He is walking around around and and he looks as good as he's ever seen him. (laughs) But I think, you know, I, all of it, if you try and read the tea leaves, it's very positive and encouraging. It's not, you're not getting the, I don't want it do this or like, you know, the pushback or the pumping, the brakes, they're not saying much, but the way they're saying it makes Mm. you feel like they feel very good. You know what? We have to move forward with the mock draft here in a second. I'm so happy that Stefania's main beat is not hockey and hockey. They give the least amount of information (laughs) ever. Like a player literally, it's like, Hey, so like, you know, this, this forward, unfortunately like lost his leg in a shark attack over the weekend. Um, And by the way, as a result of that, uh, they had to take his arm and cut that off and replace (laughs) his leg with that. And the coach would be like, yeah, he's got a lower body injury. Yes, that is what it is. Is that Right. Lower body injury. Okay. Amputation. That's what we're calling lower body injuries these (laughs) days. All right. Let's keep moving ahead. Field, you were actually on the clock after Joe Kaiser took Joe Burrow in the fourth round. You went with another wide receiver here. DJ Moore. So as I mentioned, I took a quarterback and a uh, tight end with my first three picks. So I got to start filling out these running backs and these wide receiver spots. DJ Moore, a player we discussed yesterday. Daniel, love the upside here for DJ Moore. I think he breaks through in terms of touchdown production this season. I think that Justin Fields is going to feed him the ball so much. He is sort of the, uh, he's the the binky for Justin Fields, which I can say that because I know what it's like. 
I know someone has is. a binky because yep. when I left the house this morning, my uh, my my toddler who was uh, home school home uh, from school for the day because she's a little bit sick had the binky in and was really appreciating it. Oh. She's okay. She'll be fine. She'll be all right. She'll yeah. be all right. All, all right. Good. So then coming up next, we had Brees Hall, Tyler Fulgham taking Brees Hall in the fourth round. Hey, for what it's worth, he paired him, knowing that Brees Hall is going to miss likely the first little, or at least start slow the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Paired him with Austin Eckler. So not a bad running back yeah, if you're going to grab a guy like Brees Hall there, right? Yep. TJ Hawkinson comes off next, then Alexander Madison, Justin Herbert, and Keenan Allen with the last pick of the fourth round. Justin Herbert, all I'm going to say, jumping up ahead of Justin Fields. I'm a little bit surprised. ADP, I think I've seen more Justin Fields than I've seen Justin Herbert. Yeah. Um, but that's also just like a preference thing. Which one would you rather have? Yeah, I'm saying quarterback six versus quarterback seven doesn't totally surprise me that sure. one goes, you know, that one goes slightly out of order there. But uh, we all love Justin Herbert this year. That's for sure. All right. So then here we come around to round five. I was just going to say, I do think there's a perception issue of like the running quarterback that everybody wants. And so... That if, if you put them out together, I think people tip the scale towards Justin Fields because they think there's just this opportunity to score on the ground yeah. that Herbert doesn't give you, despite the fact that Justin Herbert is so productive in fantasy because of his ridiculous arm, because of his ability to yeah. stay on the field. I take back everything I said, by the way. Justin Herbert has started moving up draft boards. His ADP is now just ahead of Justin Fields. It was a little bit below for a while, so it's a, that has definitely it's changed moving. a little bit. Yep. Get smart. All right, fifth round here. Fifth round, first tight end in the fifth round comes off the board. Darren Waller. Well, second. Third tight end, but fourth oh, tight first, end. If, first tight end of the fifth round comes off the board. Uh, then we have Miles Sanders, Amari Cooper, James Conner. These mm. unsexy running backs. That's what it looks like, the fifth round, right? Yeah. Then you got Justin Fields. <laughs> and Fields, you're back on the board now. Yeah, Deontay Johnson, my second wide receiver for the Steelers. And, uh, you know, we all know that he's going to score touchdowns this year because there's simply no way he won't. Uh, but in PPR League, I love Deontay Johnson, right? We loved him. He was not great, obviously, without scoring touchdowns. But, like, he still clung to, like, top 30 weekly value as mm-hmm. a receiver last year. Because of the freaking target share. The guy's going to push for 150 targets again this year. And while George Pickens is the big play threat in Pittsburgh, Deontay Johnson is going to feast on volume every single season. And if the touchdown regression hits to like five touchdowns, he will more than pay off his current ADP. Totally I'm not great. asking for 10. If I get five from Deontay Johnson to go along with 90 catches and you know 1,100 yards, he will be a great value based off where he's going right now. I'm only now. laughing because I can't wait till it's like week six and if he has no touchdowns everybody's going to be freaking out. It'll no. be so If weird. he has no touchdowns by week six, I will have no hair. <laughs> yeah, I will be freaking Look, out. I don't That's know. not I possible, so... No, I'm t- I'll find a way for it to be possible. <laughs> I might need to put a tattoo bet on Deontay Johnson yes! scoring a touchdown this year. Like yes! if, if he doesn't score a touchdown this season, now, now I'm actively rooting if he does not score it. a single touchdown this entire season, I'm trying to think of the most vintage Steelers touchdown celebration. And I would get that full back tattoo. If Deontay Johnson does not <laughs> score a touchdown, no, you better not make that promise. Is that too much of a promise? Celebration. Because it could henna tattoo. How about that? Five, it's on there for a week month. Five Chapin is like, she's like no. sweating it. She's like <laughs> all of a sudden, like she starts showing up to work every day. Yeah. Next thing you know, like she's like buying like tickets for every Steelers game, like right by the team bus on away games where she's like, you better freaking score. She's, she's going to start touchdown, bringing, right? bringing t-shirts to the beach. So the field is going to become one of those guys that always wears a t-shirt on the beach. Cause she doesn't want to see Didn't Deontay Johnson last year have like some spectacular circus catch. I went out at 
like the one. I mean, he's awesome. I'm sure he's, he did. he's so a great good. player. It yeah, he just uncanny. got. I mean, that is as unlucky as it could possibly be. He was top ten in both routes and targets, top thirteen in receptions. The dude had a ton of volume field. Everything you're saying, we're expecting him to bounce back right here. All right, so moving on. Mike Williams also coming off the board in the fifth. James Cook, then Jerry Judy, Trevor Lawrence. Kyle Pitts and J.K. Dobbins. A couple of guys towards the back end there. Jerry Judy, somebody that is going to miss the beginning of the season. Something that we have talked about. Interesting to see him come off the board here in round five field. I want Stefan to chime in though because several weeks was the only designation we got. I interpreted that as being extremely unlikely for the start of the regular season. Do you agree? Yeah, I actually think that it could extend quite a bit into the season. If you look at what happened... When he went down with the hamstring injury, uh, he grabbed his thigh, kind of the classic sign, but he had to be helped met by the medical staff into the cart. He had to be helped from the cart to the locker room, could not put weight on it. Like there were a lot of signs that this was more than just, if yeah. you compare that to Cooper Cup, which you had to look at the video closely to sort of see him slow down yeah. and just kind of take himself out. Then people were like, oh, what happened? Well, he just kind of shortened his stride and then took himself out of practice this was totally different. This was a more significant injury. They called it a moderate injury, usually a first to grade two, which can be anywhere from multiple weeks to multiple months. I'm not saying it's going to be months, but I do think with the hamstring injury burden being the number one problem in the NFL, and I just take you back to Keenan Allen last year, strained his hamstring in week one, was out until week seven, came back and played a few snaps. I think he had two catches or Two target. I don't remember the stats of that game, but he went out early and didn't come back till week 11. And that is your biggest fear is that a receiver like Jerry Judy, if he comes back too soon, there's no way to come back and come back at 70%. Don't run as hard. Right. Don't, don't, you know, because if they're worried about the threat of injury, that's going to make it worse. So uh, this is a really tough call. I worry about him not only coming back too soon, but the risk of recurrence. These are very, very tough when they get more significant. And I point out the difference with Cooper Cup because everyone asked me, why do you feel confident about him? They were very different when they happened. This one's more serious. And this is why Jerry Judy and ranks fell down by about 10 or 12 spots for most people. He's yep. got to come off the board at some point. And of course, if Jerry Judy's back from week three on, this would be a good value. But the uncertainty led me amongst other drafters to stay away. Yep. All right. Like I said, we had Trevor Lawrence then off the board in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts at 11. And then J.K. Dobbins, Stefania. Really interesting. J.K. Dobbins up eight spots over the last week in ADP. Should we be worried about J.K. Dobbins potentially coming back? He's one of the guys that I have talked about continually. I'm not a big J.K. Dobbins fan this year, but obviously moving up draft boards. I think that's a reflection of the confidence. You know, early on, there he was not practicing, and he yeah. was among the running backs who were expressing displeasure about the contract, contract situation. Yeah. Right. So, and and but remember that Harbaugh kept saying he's healthy, he's good, even though at the time that was pretty bold to say because he was on the physically unable to perform list which technically you know you are on there because you have something you're you're working through you yeah but so I think the point was it was minor they said when he's ready to come back he's ready he's back he's practicing I feel good about him going in as good as one feels about a running back who has had a history of a significant injury that took uh, the bulk of the season where he came back to, to work through it. Uh, but he did finish strong. And I think, you know, look, we, we feel better about J.K. Dobbins now than we did a couple of years ago. But there's some risk baked in. 
We are through five rounds of the mock draft. J.K. Dobbins just came off the board, still waiting to see when Jonathan Taylor will get drafted. Field Yates, first help us pay some bills. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Yep, of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Hey, college football fans. I'm going to let you in on a little secret that will help you guys win game days this season. Eckrich smoked sausage. You're probably asking yourself, mm-hmm. Daniel, can <laughs> it really good. be that easy? Well, absolutely it is. Eckrich smoked sausage is crafted with a perfect medley of spices for a truly rich, savory taste. They're delicious all by themselves or in any recipe you can dream up. If the word recipe sounds like a lot of work, don't worry. Visit Eckrich.com for dozens of simple mouth-watering recipes, making your tailgating prep a stress-free event. So there you go. Eckrich Smoked Sausage is the secret to winning game days. You can thank me later. Visit Eckrich.com for more. That sounds really good. It does sound pretty good, doesn't it, Stefania? I'm hungry. Yeah. Well, it's almost lunchtime. And speaking of lunchtime. <laughs> hey, uh, I don't know what the, trans- I don't know. <laughs> what the transition is there, guys. It's time to feast on wide receivers. Uh, Stefania picked you straight. back up there, too. Yeah, Speaking of lunchtime, let's get to round six of our mock draft here. Hey. All right, so round six, we got Brandon Ayuk coming off the board first, then Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Drake London, and here it is. Yep. Finally, Jonathan Taylor at this point, sixth round of a 12-team league right in the middle of the round. How do you feel about where he came off the board field? Nah, I don't know how to feel, Daniel. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how anybody should know how, how you should feel. You know? um, as we just to reiterate from yesterday is that because he's on PUP, he's out for at least four weeks. As we know, though, this is not simply a physical issue. This is an issue between a player and an organization that are more at odds than mm-hmm. almost any that we can recall in recent vintage. Jonathan Taylor is worried now, I would think, about getting his contract and getting to next offseason when he can likely receive that contract from somebody, whether it's the Colts, which feels unlikely, uh, or somebody on the open market. If you're Jonathan Taylor, are you in any rush to come back? If you do come back and you do have that hamstring pull, are you in any rush to return back from that hamstring pull? The answer would be no. So while I talked about how I think it's important that Josh Jacobs acknowledged him and the Raiders are good. Saquon Barker said the same thing. Austin Eckler got those incentives. Tony Pollard never had an issue with his franchise tag this offseason. All these players who are in contract years at running back, Derrick Henry included, who are seemingly good with the organization right now, I would think that they're going to be back on the field as soon as they can be back on the field. With Jonathan Taylor, the circumstances are so different yeah. that I have no idea when he'll be back on the field. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's not until much later in the season. So this pick by Joe Kaiser is completely reasonable because it's in the sixth round, right? We're talking about the 79th pick in the draft. And let me give you that makes it a very reasonable price. Really quickly, Joe's other running backs. I think it's important if you're going to draft Jonathan Taylor, just yeah. understanding what the rest of your running back room looks like. Joe also drafted Derrick Henry. Yeah. And Najee Harris. So if you're going to go out and grab Jonathan Taylor, running back three field, running back four, like you got to make sure you've got your two starters at least if you're going to go out and get a guy like this. I don't think you grab Jonathan Taylor and then try try to grab someone else after that. Yeah. So he's he's got the buffer of it being you know pick seventy eight. I said seventy nine before. I meant uh, 
I'm, I'm an idiot. You're it's pick 66. Off. I'm off wow. by a round, but whatever. We're in the sixth <laughs> round, right? Like we're not in round two right. or three where those picks are so, so valuable, but right. it's the fifth round, sixth round. Um, and not only that, but Daniel mentioned the roster construction that Joe has already done to that point. So I think it's a justifiable roll of the dice. It could be the pick that wins Joe the league, or it could be the pick that has zero value and he spends the entire season waiting for an Adam Schefter update while not getting one until a whole lot later than when it will actually matter. It was interesting because yesterday was kind of newsy around Jonathan Taylor because we saw this impassioned speech from their GM, Chris Ballard, about how relationships are repairable. And uh, he basically acknowledged that this is terrible for everyone, for the team, for Jonathan Taylor, for the fans. But my question to you, Field, is do you believe that relationships are repairable in the absence of... A, a deal makes everything like you know, like money, everything money makes it right, better. Right, right. Yeah. Not but without when you a said deal. Relationships yeah. are repairable. Yeah. I was like, are yeah. they though? In, right. in this mean, in this sense, if you have sixty million dollars to spend on a running back, they might be Stefania. Right. Um, this is not Chris Ballard, and you and I, we no, all know I, this. It's I, like it's I this way. I, I just feel so bad for. I feel bad for Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, I feel bad for Chris Ballard too because he's been he's stuck in the middle, right? He's I the just, spokesperson for the guy who's gone AWOL. It did make me wonder if yeah. there was a little Chris Ballard projecting through to the owner of you know relationships can be fixed. Yeah, um, they can sure. be. I think it would take you know sixty million bucks <laughs> to get it fixed. Yes, that's yes, yes a deal is possible. Um, I think it's unlikely though. Yeah, and, Jonathan and, Taylor does not want to be a Colt period end of story the Colts are not going to give him away for a bag of peanuts so this one could drag for a long long time I've gotten to the point where which to me then makes me say I'm not even drafting just fade Fade? yeah that's where I end up now if it's the 12th round I get it but like I am largely fading even though I think Joe's dice roll is fine here all right, so uh, Deshaun Watson comes off the board here. He's, he's the last of where I feel like the starting quarterbacks I want to leave drafts with, my mm-hmm. quarterback nine. Comes off the board here in the sixth round. Stefania, we just talked about Jonathan Taylor as well. We got Javante Williams coming off the board right after him. Are we worried about Javante Williams, or does it feel like he's going to be ready for That's us? my pick. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Field, Holy cow, Field, Field, give us your rationale. All right, rationale. well, Stefania, yeah, is Field going to be in trouble week well, one? I, I want Field to give his <laughs> rationale first, and then I'll... I'll, I'll See if I agree with it. Yeah, so I felt like I needed a second running back here because I, I did not have one up to this point. Other options were players like Cam Akers, who I'm sort of lukewarm on this year. Isaiah Pacheco, who himself has been dealing with an injury, but I think because of the lack of receiving volume, could be just okay this year. Javante Williams, my plan was I'll make him my RB2, and then I'll make sure that I hit running back again very soon because yep. It certainly sounds like Javante Williams are going to be playing at some point early in the season, Stefania, perhaps as early as week one. If I thought he was going to be a top 15 or so running back, he'd be off the board a lot sooner than this. I know it's really, this one is probably the most difficult for me Mm. of all the running backs to assess because by all logic, he's defying it. He has done better than you would think a running back coming off of this multi-ligament knee injury would do. He's progressed faster, which isn't always a good thing, thing. but his progression has been very smooth. That's the part that's encouraging is you haven't seen a lot of setbacks. It's not like they tried too much. He had soreness. They had to scale it back. Everything has been monitored and very deliberately progressed. And then he's responded really, really well to it. And that included when they got him out there in joint practices so he could now start to see what it's like to go against a real opponent. Those things matter as part of the rehab process. That being said, 
I don't believe that he is going to have a ton of work early on. Could he see action as early as week one? Yeah. But I think you just have to do what Field's saying. If you're going to draft him there, you have to have somebody else as a buffer because that week one is going to tell you a lot about where he really is. Yeah, there are other running backs that were available right around here. There was one that I could have just said, you know what? This is the easy play. It was David Montgomery for, for, for now the Lions, right? He's going to see a ton of work and obviously he's going to be you know, a big part of that offense, even if not as a pass catcher. But the other running backs that were also on the board... As I mentioned, Isaiah Pacheco. You've got Alvin Kamara. Okay, well, then I'm I'm in the same quandary, right? Yeah. You're mm-hmm. going to have Dalvin Cook, who, you know, Brees Hall is going to be there. Yeah, Dalvin sure. himself coming off of an injury. Khalil Herbert and A.J. Dillon and Brian Robinson Jr., right? Like, Herbert, I think, will be the Bears starting running back, but I think it's going to be a multi-back approach there. Yeah. A.J. Dillon's the backup in Green Bay, right? Brian Robinson Jr. doesn't catch passes. So I felt like it was a calculated enough dice roll for Javante Williams, who's upside way higher than anybody else at that point amongst the running backs. Closing out round six, you had Cam Akers, Chris Godwin, Dallas Goddard, George Pickens, and Christian Kirk. Man, I love me some George Pickens Mm -hmm. this year. He's a guy that I think we're all really excited about how he's going to be in his second year. Moving on to the seventh round, you got DeAndre Swift coming off the board. Then George Kittle. George Kittle falling all the way to the seventh that's round. Weird. I feel like that's a pretty big fall for George Kittle. And we've got him ranked as a top five tight end. And we've seen a lot of tight ends come off the board already. So coming off after Kyle Pitts, after Darren Waller, I think there's at least a little bit there. Uh, you got Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton, David Montgomery, who Field just talked about. Field, yep. you said you were going to attack the running back position again, probably early after you just took Javante Williams. Had David Montgomery made it to you with the next pick? Would you have gone with him? Probably would have gone there. Instead, I incurred more risk because I took Terry McLaurin. <laughs> yes, <you> and <laughs> it sounds like Terry McLaurin could play in week one, Stefania, but it's not a guarantee. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't think he will. You're dubious. My, my suspicion is that it will be close, but I don't. I, I just see Terry McLaurin being a little bit more cautious. Something in the, the vibe I'm getting there that he's because I think he understands long season, expects to have a big role. Turf toe injuries, very easy to make them worse. Okay. Very, very easy. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start the season on time. And Stefania hates my team. Good thing it's just a mock draft. No, that's not true. No, 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 what, if, what, if, what if, you know, Terry McLaurin <laughs> wants to be Terry McLaurin, and that's what you want for yeah. the bulk of the season. You're yeah. drafting for the season, not for week one. All right, we had Isaiah Pacheco, Hollywood Brown, Alvin Kamara, who we just talked about, Brandon Cooks, Jahan Dotson, just mm. in case we're not going to see Terry McLaurin in so week one. Jahan, Liz Jahan Dotson is actually shooting way up. I think people saw him in the preseason with Sam Howell. They're like, oh my gosh, what is this? Like, this connection's amazing. I saw him last yeah. year, and, and I thought he looked amazing. I bet you, Jahan Dotson, here's my prediction. Uh-oh. Daily Fantasy Week One, like this guy's gonna be a monster if Terry Ooh, McLaurin does it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I see, see in the it, yeah. in the in the drafts and the mock drafts I've seen, I see Jahan Dotson rising a little closer to Terry McLaurin. I think that's why. Jahan Dotson is the fifth highest riser in drafts over the last five. Fifth highest wide receiver in drafts over the last seven days. Okay. All right. Let's keep on moving there. We caught, we kind of talked about Alvin Kamara and some of the things that come along with that, and then Dalvin Cook, round seven. Round eight. This is where it starts. I think you really get into the running back dead zone here with this one field. You got Khalil Herbert, okay. AJ Dillon, mm. Brian Robinson, mm. Michael Pittman Jr., mm-hmm. Samaje P. Ryan, yeah. Pat Fryermuth. There's those none of those names are names that you're super excited about. Yep. 
And then you get on the board here and you get to go another direction. Still not running back. Go with another wide receiver. Right. But when you say that I go in a different direction, it means the direction I took was I walked over uh, from my kitchen where I was operating <laughs> to our, our first floor bathroom where we have the diaper chase station yes. because my daughter pooped and I missed my pick. <laughs> So okay. I took Jackson Smith and Jigba. So which, you should have a little poop emoji. By yeah, your yeah. So uh, nothing wrong with I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. I would have preferred Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers here, Some but uh, was, when nature calls, you got to go over. And uh, I apologize profusely uh, as I realized that I timed out. But I thought I'd be more efficient changing that wow. diaper. So it turns out that I was not. So. But I, I know I am, and I've got two of them now. I, just, I should be an expert <laughs> diaper changer. Well, Do we ever put you on a timer for that? Have you ever gone through to see like how quickly you can change a diaper? If not, you know, I'm less concerned about like how fast I do it and more concerned about like how, how I get well everything out of there. Yeah. Efficiency. Last thing I need. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, let's not forget, he did have surgery. And yep. uh, on the one hand, sometimes with surgery, you know, we talked about a fracture. I think the uh, Seahawks, uh, Pete Carroll at some point references as a very slight fracture, you know, in his optimistic way that he does. Slight but, when it's not your own. Yeah. But the thing is that uh if you have surgery and they're putting hardware in, it does help facilitate your ability to get back. But I still say anything around the wrist when you're a receiver, sometimes it takes a little bit to get that motion mm -hmm. back. You're not going out and playing with a cast or a club. So for people who are looking at drafting him, I would just be cautious that we do not know for sure that he'll be able to make it back by week one. And we don't know how he'll look out of the game. Yeah. At this point, I'm probably looking at a depth level player yep. as opposed I know, to, uh, I but, know but, you are, yeah. but just yeah, for, yeah, the, yeah. for the, the people folks. that are used to considering yeah. him. Mm -hmm. Yep. Top half of this round was really not fun with all those running backs. Back half of this round is just upside city. You're talking Jackson Smith and Jigba, who you mm -hmm. took field. And then Jordan Addison, who I know you also love sky more. We're waiting to see what he's going to be in this offense. Zay Flowers, potentially the number one wide receiver in that it's Baltimore. It's like a Fields faves Yeah, round. Zach Charbonnet and then Antonio Gibson. The second half of this round is way more fun than the first half of this round. I've been you, meaning to ask Tafania something about Zach Charbonnet. Uh oh. It closely resembles enough Chardonnay that have you been overexposed to him? Like, are you drafting <laughs> oh, Zach totally, Charbonnet a ton? Totally. It's fine. I want to name all my fantasy teams after him. How about the Zach pour me a glass of Charbonnet? Yeah, yeah it's that could exactly. be a good one right yep. there. I, I, it's just, I want to call him Cabernet, though, because that was my preference. Oh, Cabernet versus Chardonnay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I know. I, I, do, I know nothing about two things know. in life, fantasy football and wine. So you're yeah. going to have to educate me on both of them. Uh, Cabaret and, and Chardonnay, I think would be like my, yeah, that's yeah. tough. So yeah. Don't worry. I will find, I will figure out a name Different because language. he is working his way into many of my rosters. All right. All right. Let's close this out really quickly. We're going to look at round nine. Traylon Burks, Gabe Davis, Jalen Warren, Nico Collins, Odell Beckham Jr. and mm. then Field. You went with another wide receiver here, Jacoby Myers. Yeah, we kind of got past the sexy like first round picks amongst wide receivers that were going in round eight for fantasy drafts to the like just sort of like more boring kind of reliable receivers. Uh, and so for me, Jacoby Myers, Juju Smith-Schuster amongst the players to kind of check that same box. I went with Myers, who, you know, the Raiders made a very concerted effort to acquire him this offseason, is in line to be the number two target in this offense behind Devontae Adams. So not that Jacoby Myers is one to necessarily draw a bunch of double teams, but I think his profile will be kind of like what it's been for the past couple of years in New England. Yep. A lot of volume, not a lot of touchdowns, but reliable as your third, fourth, maybe even fifth wide, wide receiver. Yep. All I right. actually loved in this round, I love Elijah Moore. Of course, it's a Matt Bowen pick because Matt Bowen's so smart. It but is. Elijah Moore... If people sneaky, good, like lots of opportunity for him in Cleveland. If Deshaun Watson plays like Deshaun Watson can play, I don't think people have paid enough attention. Elijah Moore happy 
in Cleveland, looking really good in the preseason. Yeah, looking really good. We've been talking about him as a potential sleeper. Stefan, you mentioned it. So we had Quentin Johnston, Juju mm-hmm. Smith-Schuster, Jamal Williams, then Elijah Moore to Matt Bowen, Elijah Mitchell, and Rashad Bateman. We're going to do one more round, Field. Okay, let's do one more round. And remember how I told you guys a while back that I was going to target that, oh, that running back. Oh, you're taking my joke from okay, me. Okay, go oh, for it. You tell the joke it. then. Yeah. All right, so we got Rashad Penny, Marvin Mims. I love that we're on the same page, though, buddy. Simpatico. Tyler Algier, Rondell Moore, Kenneth Gainwell, Aaron Rodgers. They came off the board at the top of the 10th round field. You drafted Javante Williams a couple rounds ago, said you needed to shore up your running back position. So naturally, you went with Jeff Wilson Jr., who was then put on IR. (laughs) He's going to miss the first four games. And, of course, people already know this, but we had no information on Jeff Wilson Jr. As a matter of fact, since the time this show started, I learned that both Savan Ahmed and Devon Achain are dealing with something too right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the but entire backfield is banged Devon up. Devon A. fine. Savan right, Ahmed is going to yeah. be fine. Yep. Um, they're both going to be fine, and I expect both of them to be playing week one. All so. right. Tank Bigsby, Jarek McKinnon, Anthony Richardson, Devin Singletary, and then the running backfield should have taken Raheem Mostert goes at the end of the By round. By the way, like this is, I love the value in this round. I think Tyler Algier is going to have a lot of value this season. I know people are like so high on Bijan, but Tyler Algier is still going to get his touches. I love Tank Bigsby in Jacksonville, potential touchdown maker. Um, I'm not, you know, Devin Singletary, eh. but I love, and then Raheem Mostert, what a steal that turned out to be. Yes, seriously. Seriously. Field, uh, as, we're wrap- him. as we're wrapping this whole thing up, make sure you guys, if you want to check out the entire draft, you can find it on ESPN.com slash fantasy. The whole thing is up there for you to look at. Looking back at your team, Field Yates, one of the last mock drafts you're doing before you get into the weekend. Any big takeaways from you? Were you pleased with the way that your team came out? Would you have done things differently? Yeah, I would have not drafted Jeff Wilson draft Jr. Uh, no, okay. no, I like it. I, I feel good about this roster. Like uh, I, I know that we talk often about the patience at quarterback, but there is a certain peace of mind that comes along with having having both Travis Kelsey and Jalen Hurts and not having to worry at all about those two key spots on my roster. It creates flexibility at the running back and wide receiver spots. And I'm clearly going to need it with Javante Williams and Jeff Wilson Jr. on my roster. Two guys who are going to be limited or entirely out for the first four weeks in the case of, Jav- uh, excuse me, of Jeff Wilson Jr. Last one I'm going to bring up in round 13. Yeah. Yesterday on the show, you had talked about, you know what? Maybe if you're at the very end of Kareem your draft, Hunt? you want to go with a Kareem Hunt throw. You did that here in round 13. I did. I'm going to make a habit out of that. Just continue to add Kareem Hunt because I think he'll sign somewhere at some point. If you're taking one of the two running backs that hasn't signed and Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette, is Hunt the one that you would rather have? I would prefer Oakland? Kareem Hunt, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just good, better vibes there. Yep. I mean, I just, Leonard Fournette, there has been no mention of him anywhere. So I don't know why you'd be drafting a guy who might not have a job for the first month of the season. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, be he's a the guy one. I feel like if something happens to someone, then Leonard Fournette's going to resurface. Yeah. But yeah. Um, right last thing I'll say really quickly on the way out here and people have probably, probably already, uh, you know, tuned out, but if you're in Times Square right now, Oh man. Fantasy focus is a billboard in Times what? Square. You didn't see my tweet yesterday. Uh, no, I know I have you blocked. Sorry. Not for long. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> fantasy focus has a billboard right now in times square. Shout out to, uh, the great people over at Amazon music who helped make this happen. If you That's get right. listen to, uh, your podcast on Amazon, it's fine. I'm showing the Look picture right this. now. Uh, you can add free on Amazon music right now. So shout out to uh, wow, the fine folks at Amazon music cool. and shout out to times square, we New York city. It, Do it. Yeah. Look, Ma. Look, Ma. Hey, look, Ma. I made it. So, uh, yeah, go check that out. I believe it's up until tonight. So, tonight might really? be the last night if you're in New York tonight. I w- so, I was take in New York picture. two nights ago and I didn't, I didn't yeah. know this. Wow. But it was, when did it start? 
just last yesterday. No, I think it started August 25th is what I was told. Uh, I wish someone but, told like, me. You don't I hang out in Times below. Square. No, you hang I, out in the Cosmopolitan. I would, have, I would have made a trip and stood the right there under the sign. I yeah. would have done it. On, like, honestly, though, can you? You go down to Times Square, Square and it would be like, like uh, Justin Robbie going yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Both of those work, yes. yes. We, we had two different approaches, I, but we were on the same page. No, no comment. No, let's stop it. All right. Stop it. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. Hopefully you enjoyed the mock draft. Like I said, go check it out on .com if you want to see the entire thing. Mock drafting is such an important exercise as yes, you go into your drafts to understand how the board Ayo. is going to fall. We love you guys. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned it. We will see you on Friday. Heading into the weekend, Ayo. baby. Biggest draft weekend. Yes. She's got a smile that'll melt your heart She's always there to lend a helping hand Her fantasy knowledge is just the start Her skills are highly in demand She's our Bay Area lady Out there hustling for us With advice that we really trust Bay Area lady Always there to help She's not a cone She's your favorite gal She's to find your best